Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Pete, we are ready for Katie, right? Katie Dana joins us now, and she is a cicada expert at the University of Illinois. Katie, this is John. Thanks for giving us some of your time. You're on WGN. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, happy to be here. Is the sun shining in Champaign-Urbana? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. So what's the coincidence? Is it two sets of cicadas are going to emerge at the same time this year? So, yeah, this is a really special year, especially for Illinois. I have been looking forward to this for quite some time. So we have two different broods emerging in Illinois. Um, and I think people in Chicago will remember them from 2007 when they emerged. That's our brood 13, which is a 17-year brood. Um, and then in the southern half of the state is the what we call the Great Southern Brood, um, which extends all the way to the East Coast, actually. Um, and that's brood 19, which is a 13-year brood. So they come out every 13 years. So this is just a really special event for Illinois. So 17 and 13 are, I guess, every 100 years or so going to line up again or something like that. So it's every 221 years. So um, what does that mean then? What will it be like and when will it be like? So it's going to start probably in about mid-May. depends on our soil temperatures. Um, and that's going to go until June, um, maybe late June. And uh, what we're going to see is just across almost the whole state, there's going to be some gaps in, in western Illinois. You are, are going to see cicadas emerging. Um, you're, you know, there will be a tiny area of overlap where these two broods might meet up. Um, but, uh, you know, I have you ever experienced a brood emergence before? I have, and one year living in LaGrange, Illinois, so the western suburbs of Chicago in LaGrange Park, they so completely engulfed a big tree in my yard, or the big trees in my yard, you could hear them as their legs walked up and down. The tree sounded like this. I'll <laughs> give you now a dramatic representation of it. And you go, what is that? And then you'd look, and it was the march of the cicadas up and down the tree. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've experienced the same thing. The first brood emergence I experienced was in Kentucky, actually. And I just remember it was like you could hear them crawling out of the ground yeah. and going over the leaf litter. And it was it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And ever since then, um, you know, I've just been in love with, with the experience. Yes, that's the difference um, between it, you and everybody else, by the way, Katie. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. My, my poor family, you know, we, we go on vacation. Wherever the broods are emerging, you know, across the U.S., we go on vacation to see them. So we, we are fleeing towards the cicadas. Um, <laughs> and so it's really nice this year that I don't have to go very far. Well, Katie, so to be clear, these cicadas for 13 or 17 years have been living under the ground by the trees? Yeah, exactly. They they form a little um, uh, sort of cave underground, right, where they can feed on plant roots. And uh, the plant roots don't have very nutritious, um, you know, liquids at all. So they're, they've got a straw-like mouth part. 
that they are sucking the juices out of the, the roots. And um, they spend, yeah, 17 years growing. So they start about the size of a grain of rice, maybe a little smaller, um, and then get up to the size that we see above ground, you know, three to four centimeters long. How much do they harm the trees over those years? Um, you know, some other cicada species, they've seen some slight decrease um, in, in, you know, plant growth. But for these species, you know, they, they don't seem to do much damage at all, as far as we're aware. At least, you know, while they're underground. What do they do when they emerge? Why do they come out after all these years? Um, So their whole point of coming above ground is to, you know, mate and lay eggs. Um, And they're going to spend about, a, you know, each individual maybe lives about two weeks, maybe to four weeks. Um, And all they're out there to do is mate, you know, reproduce, lay eggs everywhere. Um, so the, the males are the only ones that, that can make sounds. So they're the ones that are screaming out to the girls to, to come find them. And, but the males and females are the ones out there. They mate and then they die there after the, the males die and the females lay the eggs. Is that what happens? Right. So the males are usually the ones that come out first, waiting for the girls. Um, and then, um, after they mate, the females will lay, you know, hundreds of eggs and tree branches. Um, and that's, that's where we see some damage from this species. So, um, you know, if anybody has any young fruit trees, we recommend that you um, cover them with mesh netting or maybe maybe wait a year before you plant some, you know, apple trees. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, they'll, they'll lay eggs in the trees and in the, in the branches of the trees. And then after a couple of weeks, those eggs will hatch and fall to the ground. But yeah, the adults die, um, and it gets it gets a little bit intense with all of the dead cicadas everywhere. Oh yeah, um, we, we of course, were sweeping them up. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it can be stinky. Um, it, it's it's an experience, but um, you know, not all of them are going to die all over your yard. Some of them are actually going to be an important food source for um, a lot of our wildlife. So the birds, you know, make get their full of them. Um, snakes get their fill, fill of them. You know, I've seen some incredible pictures of snakes that are just dust full of cicadas. Um, that, you know, they're a really important food source. And also, you know, when they're, they're rotting on the ground, what they're doing is they're releasing nutrients back into the soil. Mm-hmm. So they're actually a really good fertilizer as well. To those points, my dog loved to eat new cicadas. <laughs> yum, yum, crunch, crunch, crunch. And 847 said about the cicadas, the birds are even more excited than Katie. And I know I will save a ton of dough on feeding them at my feeders during that time. So, Oh, absolutely. But it's, absolutely. It is really remarkable, though, to think, though, that unbeknownst to all of us, um, for 13 or 17 years, critters are... You know, you're mowing and planting and chopping and digging in your yard all these years, and they're quietly surviving and growing each year, huh, until they finally come out. And, you know, it's incredible. They're in the top, like, foot of soil. Um, So every once in a while I do hear of people finding them underground, but it's actually harder than you'd think to find them. Um, I've I've tried, you know, a number of times, and, I've you know, I found individuals, but it takes a bit of digging. Well, they must be there right now. I mean, like, they're ready to... Oh, yeah. If I took a spade out and started digging around my yard, I would probably find some... Would they look like cicadas, huh? Yeah, I mean, they, they would look a lot like the shells that you find, right? Um, that That's their, their form. Um, so you, you can find them. And in this last year or so, they've grown, 
like most that that's when they grow the most. So it might be harder to find them in earlier years because they're much smaller. Um, Wait a minute. How big, how big, how big are really beef it up. So how big are these ones going to be? Um, so once they come out of the ground, you know, the, the, the nymphs is what we call them. You know, they're pre-adult stage. They're going to be, you know, about two to three centimeters long, depending on, on the sex and the species. Well, that's not very big at all. I'm thinking of something the size of a thumb. Yeah, no, not quite that big. Um, you know, some of our dog days might be a little bit bigger like that. No, the ones I saw, like uh, the ones we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation were, you know, bigger than grasshoppers. They were chunky. No, we aren't going to have them like that? Well, it depends on the species. So we have some really tiny ones um, and we have some larger ones. So the tiny ones are the first ones that come out. Um, that's uh, Magisticata cassini. Um, and then the larger ones, yeah, maybe are a little bit closer to what size you're thinking. It's confusing that the brood 713 comes out in 17 years and the great southern brood comes out in 13 years. Who the hell is in charge of naming cicadas? The th- I thir- know. It, it goes way back in time. You know, we can blame, his name was Marlet. <laughs> right. We can blame him for, for that numbering scheme. It's, it's confusing. It's confusing for so sure. brood number 13 emerges in, after 17 years. That's this year. And the great southern brood is the one that comes up in 13 years, which is also this year. John, sounds like right. the cicada version of spring break. Ha, ha, ha. 708 <laughs> said, the last brood of cicadas I saw was crazy. People were shoveling them up into garbage bags so they could fry them up and eat them. And 773 said, we live at 47th Place in Western Avenue years ago. The cicadas would engulf our whole house. Um, do you know about human consumption of these? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. These are these are very edible. Um, I I have some plans to try out some recipes. Um, you know, it's it's an easy food source. I you know the easiest way to eat them is you know so right after they come out of the ground and they emerge from their shell, um, that's when you want to grab them is when they're soft because if they get older, then they're going to be a lot crunchier. Um, so you, you want those soft cicadas. And like anything, you know, if you fry them up, everything tastes better fried, right? Um, <laughs> um, you know, and, yeah. I, I ate them one year in Peoria, years and years ago, when they had an emergence, um, and they were everywhere that year. A chef in town um, soaked them in, like, peppermint schnapps, something like that, <laughs> and then, and then uh, coated them in chocolate. So they had the texture, Ew. taste, and feel of like um, Fannie Mae turtles. You know, those little crunchy. Wow. So it was like crunch, crunch, chocolate, a little kick in there with the alcohol. And I got to tell you, they were terrific as long as you didn't know <laughs> what you were eating, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, as Americans, we have, you know, a strong aversion to eating insects. But there are so uh-huh. many other cultures across the globe that... Yeah. You know, they're they're used to eating insects. It's a normal occurrence. And cicadas are a very large insect in general, right? You know, we know that people eat um, grasshoppers across the globe, uh, silkworm pupae. Um, cicadas are a great, you know, option for us, right? I mean, the size is, is great. Not like crickets and mealworms where they're they're a bit smaller and you have to use a lot more of them. Uh, my friend Steve said, how deep underground do they live? You said uh, within the first 12 inches or maybe even closer, yeah. huh? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've found them. A lot of times, you know, when I look, it, it seems to be easy to find them under moss. 
and it's just within the, the top few inches, yeah. Okay, Katie Dana is the cicada expert, can you tell, at the University of Illinois. Don't go on a vacation with her sometime. Uh, Katie, any <laughs> last thing you want us to know before we let you go? No, I mean, I'm just so excited about this. I hope people, you know, won't be scared of it. Um, this is a natural wonder of the world. This is like the only place where you can see anything like this happening. The sheer number of these cicadas is really, you know, magical to me at least but you know it's a wonder of the world it is well and who says nothing fun happens here only every 221 years do we have the coincidence of these two uh, types of cicadas so this will be a true wonder of the world starting you say mid-may depending on soil temperature katie this won't be our last conversation you're delightful thank you for your help today (laughs) thank you so much for having me those are stuff doesn't she John, I'm so not looking forward to the cicadas, says 224, but glad to hear these broods shouldn't have much overlap. I also threw up in my mouth a bit listening to your interview. Ah, come on. Have a stomach. John, the last time the cicadas were out, I was polishing my car with a high-speed buffer, which makes a high-pitched noise, and they surrounded me. When I turn it off, they left. They wanted to mate with you. So mid-May, the cicadas come out. I think that'll be awesome. As much as it was like, um, you know, I'm, I ain't eating them. I've, I've, I've had my fill of cicadas. They're fine. But I think it's kind of cool. And it does sound like it's beneficial to your lawn. They're naturally going to aerate them as they emerge. Uh, it'll be good for the wildlife. Uh, we have a lot of snakes around my house. I'm not looking forward to them gorging on those things. Um, hey, John Williams, is there any way you can watch them emerge from the ground? And where do you look? Well, I think you stand in your yard where your feet are. You put your nose there. That is interesting, though. I mean, will you actually see one of them emerge? I get the feeling you will. What year was it? Must have been maybe 13 years ago. Was it? I don't think it was 17 years ago. But when we lived in LaGrange Park, I forget what the occasion was. Uh, but I had for some reason, taking a cab back to my house. Maybe I had landed in O'Hare and the cab took me back to my house. And the cab driver, who didn't live in that area, said, do you mind if I get out? Because he couldn't believe it. The trees looked liquid. They were undulating with the movements, with the flow of the cicada as they traversed up and down. Mostly, what, up, I guess. They emerge from the ground and go up the tree. But it was really spectacular to see. But then after a while, I, I recall the novelty wears off. <laughs> well, it was not that long ago that we had some cicadas. And I told the story on the radio about walking into my condo with one in my hair. Pete, that was a story you and I were listening back to just the other day. The cicada had landed on my shoulder or somewhere, I don't know, but now it's in my hair. And when I got into my bedroom, I realized that and flinged him off. Now he's flipping around the, the bedroom. I closed the door and then thought, well, I need to get a shotgun. So I went into the kitchen and got a baggie. And then I came back out and thought, I'll, I'll catch him. By the time I got back in, I couldn't find him. And I knew he was somewhere under my blankets or covers or pillow. I never did find him, and I'll tell you, I didn't sleep well that night.